Welcome to the Water Walkers podcast. Every Christ follower experiences moments like Peter when Jesus called him out of the boat to walk on the water. This podcast can help encourage other leaders as they learn to follow the voice of Jesus as Peter did. Today, I'm excited to introduce Brad O'Hara. Brad is focused on helping leaders and believers understand that strength is better than safety and that who we surround ourselves with will determine how we live and how we use the breath that we're given. He and his wife have been married since 2009, and they have five sons together, including one at home in heaven with the Lord and four here on earth. They both felt the call of God to adopt children with special needs and started a nonprofit in honor of Will, their son who passed away, called Will's House, where they serve families with neurological, physical, and developmental disabilities. Brad is an executive coach, consultant, and business owner. He says his purpose is to empower people to live, love, and lead in the story that they were made for. Now, I haven't recorded the interview yet, but Brad selected the icebreaker question about his favorite animal, which I'm going to guess will be buffalo. And we'll see if I'm right, and you'll soon find out why. Enjoy. Okay, Brad, thank you so much for jumping on the Water Walkers podcast with me. Uh, I've gotten to read a little bit about your story, just a little bit I'm able to scrape together online, but I'm really excited to have you here in person and get to hear it straight from you. So the again, just start out by saying thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on. Uh, I'm excited for the opportunity to have a conversation. Yeah, well, the the icebreaker question that you chose was about your favorite animal. Tell us your favorite animal and why. And, or maybe I said it like, what animal do you most identify with and why? Yeah. And uh, I took a guess at what you were going to say, but I'll go ahead and let you answer. We'll see if I was right. Yeah, I'm intrigued to hear what, hear what you said. Uh, my, the animal I most identify with is actually a buffalo. Um, you got it? I got wind. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, when, when I was, uh, oh gosh. 15, 16 years old, I went out to Arizona to visit my grandfather. Uh, and we always had to drive through the desert to pick up old Gene Crow, an old Hopi Indian man. And uh, and he was one of my grandpa's mentors in life. Uh, he made wow. jade and silver jewelry. Uh, I, I still have my grandpa's old watch. And yeah, uh, I, I remember we were uh, out on the lake fishing for catfish, um, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the morning, something like that. and. And he he looked over at me and he said, uh, "Be the buffalo, not the cow." And I was like, "I have no idea what that means." Yeah, um, what's this mean? And yeah, and, and so he just leaned into it and and explained to me that you know when a when a storm crosses the horizon, if there's a herd of cow grazing in a field, they'll wait till the storm gets right on them and they'll freak out and run away, and they get <laughs> caught in the storm for a long, long time. Uh, and he said the difference is that Buffalo, when the storm crosses the horizon, they're all responsible to look for for each other. And so one of them will see it. And then as one in unison, they'll charge the storm. Uh, wow. And in charging the storm, they get through it faster. Um, it's It seems more violent, but they get through it faster. And so, uh, you know, life is full of trials and tribulations. Leadership is full of trials and tribulations. Um, as a believer and as a, a dad and as a husband and as a, somebody who's responsible for the food on other people's tables, right? Uh, there's a lot of good, bad, and ugly, and a lot of burdens that that can come along with that. And so, 
having the strength of a herd, <laughs> yeah, ha- having the strength of like-minded people. And, and, you know, I, I try to tell my team and my family that I'd rather be strong than safe. Uh, and so we try to have that mentality when something pops up on the horizon, whether we caused it or not, uh, when a storm pops up, we're going to, we're going to charge it, not run away from it. Right. Yeah. I noticed that it was one of the top things on your website said charge the storm. And that is very, very intriguing. I wondered, you know, as we kind of unpack that a little bit, I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, how we do that uh, in our life and in our business, but just to share a little bit more about yourself and your story. uh, If you don't mind, I'd love if you would share the story of how you first met Jesus. And I think that there'd be people uh, on the podcast that'd be really encouraged to hear that. Uh, but even going all the way back to the beginning of meeting Jesus and, and when you first came into relationship with Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, a, uh, you know, I was a punk kid in the DC area uh, and, and running around with good crowds and bad crowds and, and uh, had gotten tied up with, with some of the wrong folks. And, uh, and my life was on a pretty downward trajectory, uh, very depressed, uh, very suicidal. Um, and, uh, a cute girl from school invited me to church. And, uh, as a young guy, it was like, yeah, I'll go. Um, yeah. and, uh, so I, I started to be confronted and that's, I call it a collision. I started mm-hmm. to be confronted with the love of Jesus, kind of the, the person of Jesus and the God, which is Jesus, as opposed to yeah. just the religion of Jesus. Um, and that was the first time I'd really been exposed to that. and. You know, by the end of my senior year, I felt like there was so much, quote unquote, blood on my hands that he wouldn't want me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd come to a place where I believed he was who he said he was. Um, But I also believed I was who I said I was and that the two were incompatible. Um, And and so I actually took took my gun and I drove to a place my dad and I went camping when we were little when I was little and got a campsite and I actually sat in a tent that entire evening planning on killing myself. Um, and you know, for the first time in the longest time I could remember, I probably spent the next 12 hours just kind of crying out to God. Um, yeah. Asking him why I wasn't allowed to do it. Um, there was some sort of, intervention that didn't allow me to follow through with the plan. Um, I'm the sort of person that when I have something in my head, I'm going to do it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, even, even the, the audacity to kind of threaten God, right. Of shake my fist and say, well, if you don't let me do this, you better do something with my life. Um, and so, yeah, coming out of that, that was my surrender. You, You know, I don't call it like a, asking Jesus into my heart or yeah. uh, I, I, I call it a total conversion moment of, all right, I was, I've been willing to die for a lot of things in my life and none of them were the right things. And mm-hmm. so God, if you want me, you got to know that I'm going to go all in. Uh, yeah. And, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be just part of my life. It's going to be life. So that was the, wow. That was the moment that that submission began. Mm-hmm. So 
going on from there uh, through school and into your professional life and your career and your family. But how how did you first begin to connect God's heart with your business? How did you first start letting your relationship with Jesus influence the way that you worked? And what, what did that look like? Gosh, I wish, you know, I wish I could say, uh, Logan, that it was that it was like an immediate thing. Um, right. I, I really do that. That would be a bold faced lie though. Uh, right. you know, I, I, I worked in logistics and operations and I did my own like film and movie stuff on the side. Um, I did my own music stuff on the side and uh, just to be flat out honest with you, you know, I'm 41 years old and I can say that as far as in inviting God into my business, it probably wasn't more than five or six years ago that I started to actually realize that, oh, wait, this is yours too. Like, mm -hmm. it's not my responsibility to have it, own it, build it. <laughs> right. Uh, all, all for Brad's glory. Right. So, right. So I, I wish those lines would have connected sooner and, and there was a better story there, but the reality is, that was an area of life that, that seemed like, okay, work is ambition. And so I have to be ambitious in this area and I'll, I'll reap what I sow. Uh, it wasn't until probably 35, 34, 35, 36, somewhere in there um, that one of my mentors uh, uh, had really spoken into me about, no, everything you hold is to steward everything you hold is his and how are you glorifying God with everything you do? And are you trusting him with everything you do? Um, do you make decisions in business based on the character of God? Uh, do you pray about decisions in business? Um, do you pray about who to hire, who to fire, you know, who to coach? Uh, so yeah, that, that was not a built in concept from the beginning. Yeah, and interesting too mentioning the mentor. I was curious about that because there usually is some kind of influence that helps guide us into uh paradigm changes like that. And even as you're talking about charging the storm but having the safety and strength of a herd around you and even just the influence that a mentor can have. Um I know there's a lot of business leaders out there who are in need of that kind of mentorship. So for you, did that come through another uh, person? Was that mentor part of your industry or just a childhood friend or somebody through your church? Or how, how did uh, that, how does that connection really minister to you? Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, I've always had a strong feeling about mentorship. Um, but again, it was always kind of personal side. And then I had business mentors, but they weren't interlinked. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, eight, nine years ago, uh, is when I started going through a process called the journey, uh, which is a group called the influencers, um, which is based in Arkansas. Um, I know the group. Oh, there you go. Uh, They're awesome. so my, my cousin is actually the leader of the Tulsa branch and he kept bothering me to get involved. Uh, and I finally gave in to get him to stop bothering me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and then sitting around a table every other week for nine months with that group happened to be 
kind of all business leaders yeah. um, and sitting around at the t- table with them and really wrestling with God and wrestling with business. I think that's what planted that seed. Uh, and then coming out of that group, uh, a couple of us led a group the next year. Uh, and it was, again, all kind of business leaders. And from those different groups over the years, just kind of have built a a group of of men that we surround each other. We hold each other accountable. We have the freedom to call each other and say, dude, what's going on? And we have the freedom to speak truth into each other if something looks off. So, yeah, that's yeah, so yeah, that the relationships that led to that heart change in business probably seven, eight, nine years ago is when that was started. And then me getting it took a couple of years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those groups are so, uh, so important, though. The impact that groups like that have had on my life. And on the lives of many, many of the successful people who you see really as a result of that kind of group who've really come alongside and helped each other, because uh, you can mm-hmm. go so much further with that. And again, withstand storms differently. You experience storms differently yeah. when you have that kind of group. So I'd love to talk maybe a minute about that, about the charging the storm uh, mindset and some of the steps that you walk people through. In fact, I saw on your website, it says, if you're facing adversity, chances are you're pursuing something worthwhile. <laughs> and I love yeah. that because there are going to be storms. And it's not like the storms just disappear. But what are, what are some of the framework steps? Uh, you don't need to go like all the way through all, all the details or do, uh, you know, spoilers of the stuff that you share with your consulting and stuff, but just a framework and kind of a taste of the steps that you guide people through uh, to charge the storm. Yeah, so I really believe in a framework I call a character-driven story, um, which really, to me, starts with, I call it so woe fifo which is meaningless, uh, but it's, it's <laughs> something, someone, or somewhere worth fighting for. Um, and we all need something worth fighting for in order to grow. Um, yeah. Without something worthwhile it's too easy to become apathetic and lazy and accept accept life as it happens um but but i believe as we find the things we're worth fighting for and uh i'm going to quote paraphrase not quote <laughs> uh, uh a fellow named thomas suddendorf uh who i don't know if he's a believer or not but he wrote a great book called the gap uh and it's what differentiates uh human beings from other animals and, you know, some of them were just anatomical things, whatever. But the most interesting thing to me was what separates human beings from everything else on Earth is our ability to time travel um, forward and backwards inside of our minds, imagining different outcomes based on our actions. And then our desire wow. to do that as a community. So it wasn't just the, the idea that we dream and hope. It was the idea that we desire to do it with other people. Um, and so, yeah, when I'm working with with anybody, that's that's the kind of base framework is why does your life mean something? You know, why does it matter? And, you know, as Viktor Frankl would say, maybe it's not some grand achievement that you're supposed to go towards, rather just to be meaningful in day-to-day interactions. Right. Um, 
and so yeah my my total goal with with folks as i'm doing consulting and coaching and those types of things is how do we find clarity walk towards clarity but still have the openness that if god says no we're okay to change right like yeah but sometimes i think god needs us walking in a direction before he can change it <laughs> right yeah can't turn a bus that's not moving kind of a that's thing right. but right uh, well and, and so one of the stories too I, I just imagine looking at ways where you've seen god at work uh in those processes you you have a similar story to me in stepping out and doing something a little new in march of 2020 <laughs> right when covid set in and hit and i wondered if just through the storm of covid uh, if you had some examples, maybe they'd be encouraging examples of ways you saw you saw God show up. Because in some ways, you know, God calls us to some of these mm-hmm. storms, and there's usually risks involved in in some of those greater callings that God gives us. So, have there been examples of that just from your story, where you've taken that risk, but you've seen God really come through and it paid off? Oh man, yeah. I mean, you talk about like creating a plan and leaning into it and then God changing it. Like when we first launched uh story catcher studio here in Tulsa, it was, it was purely just to do talking head videos for small businesses. It was an accessible option for video for small businesses. Yeah. And like without the hardship of 2020, and really being at a place where I was begging God, like, what now? What do we do? Like, do you want this to be a thing? Was this just like a take a step of faith and okay, now it's done? Like where we sit today, it's transformed into a studio where we have conversations with experts that we then build out their content, social media and marketing. like it's transformed into something way beyond what I would have pictured it as, you know, with my background and expertise in video, it was like, all right, video makes sense. Uh, And then the right people get brought alongside of you. You get the opportunities to build relationships. And, um, and then, you know, I think 2020, the biggest gift of 2020 to me was having to slow down. If that makes sense, having to be still, and having to be in more need of his voice. So like, okay, God, what do you see as the future of this? Because, you know, old habits die hard. And it was like, all right, God, you want us to start this? I'm starting it. And now I've got it. I'll run with it. Um, and so it was, a good, it was a good kind of violent reminder of, no, I've got it. It'll happen in my time and what I want it to be. And you know, Brad, your job is to honor me in the way you serve clients and the way you love people and the way you lead anybody that crosses your path on your team. So, um, yeah, I mean, 2020 was a brutal year as far as revenue. Nobody's buying. Right. Nobody was investing in marketing at that point um, or right. seemed like they weren't. <laughs> Right. But what you came out with on the other side exceeded what you went in expecting even before all of that change. Oh, man. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's it's remarkable how God works in that. And I, there is sometimes that moment of fear and that moment of, oh my goodness, where is this going to go? Are we going to sink? Are we going to swim? I mean, I'm, you know, that's why this is called water walkers is because you kind of get that moment. <laughs> but again, it, somehow Jesus is able to pull, bring us through that. So you mentioned in your bio, and I shared some of this in the introduction about your children, and you mentioned the son that you include that's gone home to be with the Lord, and that you started a nonprofit in his honor called Will's House. Could you tell us a little bit about what you guys have been doing with Will's House? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, my my wife and I uh, felt both separately um, very called by God to adopt before we even got married. Wow. Uh, it was actually one of our last conversations before we got married um, of, Hey, just so you know, I feel like I'm supposed to do this at some point. And, and it was kind of a sigh of release leaf of like, Oh, me too. Um, right. And, wow. Yeah. And, and then a few year, years go by in marriage. Uh, and, you know, my wife comes to me and says, I, I feel like it's about time to start entering into that, that world. And and I said, yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. And then the kind of out of left field thing came where she said, I feel like we're supposed to enter into adopting a child with medical needs. And that was terrifying to me. Uh, that wasn't yeah. part of the story I had written in my head. Uh, and so, uh, you know, she she kept sending me this profile of this kid named Will. And she said, I really feel like we're supposed to meet him. Um, and I think it's kind of kind of as a husband's effort to satiate his wife, I was like, okay, I'll go meet him. Uh, and the entire drive down down to Oklahoma City from Tulsa, uh, in my head, I was like, all right, how am I going to break this to her that I don't think this is what we're, we need to be doing? And uh, we get to the hospital and uh, go in and sit down. Uh, most of the kids at the hospital are non-ambulatory, which means that they're in a bed and and taking care of full 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 needs and um and then this, this little kid rolls around the corner in his wheelchair and he rolls right up to me and he puts his head against my head and it was this immediate like you know the spirit speaks to you and and in my spirit it just said this is your son <laughs> and so it was like all right god you ruined my plan on saying no uh and so uh adopted ended up adopting will uh he wasn't with us for an incredibly long time he uh, at the end of the day he basically outgrew his heart uh he had mm. several growth spurts and winter came and his heart wasn't keeping up and ended up in a pq from january to you know tomorrow tomorrow's the anniversary of his passing february 16th wow uh so uh, always uh, a little bit of a hard week and a little bit of a a grateful week for for the hard yeah. roads God calls us on. One of the things we realized in that journey, and you know, we have um, four sons, two adopted, two biological. Can't remember which are which, and <laughs> uh, and uh, two of them have pretty profound needs, uh, and and another one has some some different trauma and things like that they're dealing with and we had never realized how lonely it is to have a family with, with kids with disabilities and yeah. um 
and and no judgment anywhere but even it, you can't even really find a church to go to there's no community things there's no it, it, you kind of become a full-time caretaker and that's it um so with that realization and then just through lots and lots of prayer um again my wife who apparently is better at listening to god than i am uh came to me and <laughs> came to me and said you know i really feel like we should do something and and so this idea for will's house came around you know uh to honor his memory but also to be a place that would offer rest um for the weary um that would be totally inclusive for types of medical needs and and neurological needs and developmental needs and um so you know without a house uh mainly just going to other people's homes and giving them a break to get a date night or whatever some of them some of them like their first night away from their kids in over a decade wow Um, yeah uh we were able to serve i think over 300 needs in 2022 amazing uh I don't know, 2021, 20, yeah, no, 2022. And then uh, we just, we we were able to acquire a house in Jinx, Oklahoma. And uh, now it's up and running and we're, we're having kids there when their parents just need to go do shopping or things like that. Or, you know, once or twice a month when somebody needs an overnight or a couple days or, or, or up to a week of, man, I just you know i want to go on the honeymoon we never had or things like that um and you know this year as we've seen how big of a unserved community this is right this year is the the mission for this year is to prove how much is still needed like mm-hmm. So one house in Jinx, Oklahoma can't meet the need is essentially what we're trying to prove. So, yeah, Will's House is all about um, respite, uh, child care and rest. Yes, that's an amazing story. It resonates with me. My wife and I have background in foster care. And one of the kids we Mm -hmm. fostered for many months was special needs straight from being, you know, maybe just a week old. And uh, so that that is near and dear to our hearts as well. And and something, too, that the church is meant to be part of, that yeah. uh, it should be easier to see among churches. And so to have people like you who are going ahead uh, is something we can really learn from and something that we all need to be involved in. So for people who want to find out about Will's house, uh, how do they do that? Yeah, um, Jeanette is very faithful about keeping up with the Facebook group. Uh, so you can look up Will's House on Facebook, or you can go to willshousetulsa.org. Um, there's ways to get involved there and plugged in, and even just get on a mailing list to learn more about it or or keep up with it. Yeah, uh, I really I love your story and love what you've been doing with that in Tulsa. So if we've got friends in Tulsa, I know we've got friends who are part of the these journey groups who listen to the podcast. But anybody who'd like to reach out to you and get connected with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, on the on the studio side, uh, it's just go to storycatcher.studio uh, and schedule a call, schedule an email, whatever. I believe in a no-pressure sales approach, which is just let's have a conversation. 
And if we can solve a problem you have, awesome. And if we can't, hopefully we know somebody that can help. <laughs> I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. So people will find that easily. I just always encourage people to do exactly like you were saying is on my site, charge the storm. Like, don't be afraid of it. Don't run away from it. If it's hard, it probably means it's worth doing. Exactly. Well, Brad, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Visit ServantLeaderNetwork.org to find more helpful resources for your leadership journey and always bring your water walking shoes.